Hello everyone, this is Sarah with another episode of Corn Fed Witch, and I will be continuing my series on magical tools. Actually, the primary tools, the athame, the chalice, the pentacle, and the wand. Last time I talked about the athame and how it's masculine and how it's associated with fire, etc. I am going to give you an introduction to the chalice. Now, this is not necessarily... So a lot of people don't consider it a tool, but it is used heavily in many traditions of witchcraft, especially Wicca, which is where I'm coming from. Your tradition may have a different version of it. So, unlike the athame, which is kind of like the opposite of the chalice, the athame is fire and is masculine, it's obviously phallic-shaped, the chalice is more feminine, traditionally. It is associated with water. And you usually use it like to hold wine or water or whatever beverage, ale, what have you, during your ritual. Now, it's feminine because, now, you may not agree with this or, or what have you, but water is considered passive, and stereotypically, that's associated with femininity. Now, we may know that that's not true, but in some magical traditions, it is considered a passive element, therefore, quote-unquote, feminine. Now, barring that, it does, the chalice does, ah, the chalice does resemble a womb in the fact that well, it's kind of like oblonged and feminine. It does resemble a womb if you are a womb, a womb bearing adult. Now, granted, not all women have them, and some men have them. But that's where it gets its feminine aspect. Now, traditionally, if you have a chalice, you don't want to use it for anything other than magical rituals. You want to keep it with your other magical tools and keep it special. It has traditionally been made out of sterling silver or silver or, or metal. I've seen them ceramic. They can really be anything. Anything that you would like. It could be uh, a stein. It could be a mason jar. It could be a sippy cup if you're lacking and or you're afraid of spilling. It could be really like a bowl, a goblet, what have you. Now it really you really use uh, the chalice to sip wine during cakes and ale. You may be able to use it during other parts of your ritual, it depends on what ritual you're doing and what it calls for. It's just important that you keep it, you have a special cup to sip your wine each ritual. It could even be a LaCroix can. A lot of people forget that magic is finding things that work for you. So if something feels right to you, do it. If something does not feel right, don't. It seems kind of self-explanatory. But a lot of people don't see it that way. And if you're following a certain tradition, 
there are certain things that you have to do. Oh, excuse me. Like you have to have your AFME carved a certain way. You have to have your altar set up a certain way. You have to have your tarot cards read a certain way. Dress a certain way where doing certain rituals at a certain time. So it makes sense that you'd have a certain tool to carry your wine and to sip it. One of my favorites, well, I know people use a drinking horn sometimes, and that, I think that's pretty cool looking. You can have meat in there, or really anything that you're going to drink as part of a ritual. Let's see. Let's see if I can bring up anything about why it's considered stereotypically feminine. Now, remember that there's feminine and masculine in everything. I don't necessarily agree with the the binary way that, well, which is view the world. Like, you have to have men do one thing and women do another. I don't necessarily agree with that because... You have masculine traits, masculinity inside yourself. And you have feminine inside yourself and feminine traits. Everyone does. It is, it is how you interpret that. And you got to do things that work for you. So I'm going to read a little bit. It's called, this is a little bit on the chalice. From WiccaLiving.com. So it's, it's, called, it's from their section called Tools of Wiccan Ritual of the Chalice. It's also referred to the goblet in some traditions or more simply the cup. The chalice represents the goddess and the element of water. It's a symbol of abundant, abundance and fertility. and has ser several purposes in Wiccan ritual, including offering libations to the deities and partaking in the cakes and, the cakes and ale ceremony. The chalice may hold water, wine, or ale, depending on the ritual. It may also stand empty in some rituals as a symbol of opening oneself to the abundance pouring forth from the spiritual plane. Note, in any ritual, calling for an alcoholic beverage, juice, or herbal tea may be used as a substitute. Traditionally, the chalice is silver, a color in metal sacred to the goddess. This type of chalice can be found at shops specializing in Wicca and or other quote-unquote neo-pagan traditions. However, these can be more, can be expensive, and depending on the quality, potentially toxic to drink from. Wine, in particular, can corrode metal. So, if you're using a metal-plated chalice, use a, sep a separate libations cup for wine or other acidic beverages. An elegant silver chalice can be lovely to work with, but certainly not necessary. You can find something simpler and less expensive, or even dedicate a cup you already own for the purpose. It can be particularly powerful to use one that's been in your family for a long time, as it will have, it will have a lot of loving vibrations stored up in it already. Goblet-shaped cups or short stem wine glasses are nice, but anything that holds liquid will do. Wood, ceramic, metal, or glass are appropriate materials. Plastic, on the other hand, is not recommended as it's not an earth source material. Then again, if you are hard up, you don't have the means I understand that nobody's perfect and can be, and well, nobody can be perfectly environmentally friendly at all times. So if you're in a bind and you only have something made out of plastic, you can use it. 
Just make sure you recycle. No matter what vessel you choose as your chalice, be sure to keep it reserved solely for ritual purposes. Don't toss it in the dishwasher with all your other cups. Wash it by hand separately and keep it with your other ritual tools. This way, it'll consistently hold the magical energy you've been charged that you've charged it with. Do do do. So there you have uh, an introduction to the chalice. Now, I do want to go into femininity and masculinity a little bit in another episode. Particularly, I want to have one of my trans friends come on the on the podcast to that so that I can interview them because I feel like that is a perspective that is lacking a lot in the modern magical world. So there you have the chalice. We're going to go on with the correspondences of the week. I wanted to keep with the, the theme of water. So lapis lazuli. Its energy is receptive. Its planet is Venus. Its element is water. It's associated with Isis, Venus, and Nuit. Associated metal, gold, its powers, healing, joy, love, fidelity, psychism, protection, courage. Magical ritual lore. Lapis Lazuli has timeless associations with kings and queens. In ancient Sumer, the stone was closely associated with the deities in general. Carrying it, its possessor bore the potent power, potent magical power of a deity. For the stone contained the force behind all divinity. Some said the stone contained the soul of the deity who would rejoice in its owner. It was a popular substance for cylinder seals in Sumer. These were small, round stones deeply carved with images of deities as well as their symbols. Cylinder seals were used as signatures by pressing the carved stone on onto wet clay documents and were also prized as amulets and talismans. Some believe that lapis lazuli, a beautiful royal blue stone with flecks of golden pyrite, combines the influences of Venus and Mars, since pyrite is ruled by Mars. This isn't too convincing, as the pyrite content is minimal, and in some pieces is virtually non-existent. Magical uses. Lapis lazuli, a rather expensive stone, is healing and soothing. Simply touching the body with this stone improves your mental, physical, spiritual, psychic, and emotional condition. It is used specifically to alleviate fevers and diseases of the blood. Lapis lazuli strengthens the eyesight if you habitually worn. Held in the hand during any healing ritual or placed around blue or purple candles, the stone helps the mag magician focus energy towards the magical outcome. If performing a healing ritual for a friend, Hold the stone and visualize the sick person as a healed, healthy, whole human being. Visualize the energy streaming onto the stone, or into the stone, and thus magnified and specified onto the person. Lapis lazuli is an uplifting spiritual stone. Its deep blue color reflects its peaceful vibrations. It is useful for leaving, relieving depression and promoting spirituality. It is a fine meditative stone. Lapis lazuli stimulates Gen stimulates gentleness in its wearer. This stone is used in rituals designed to attract spiritual love. 
Take an untumbled piece of lapis with a sharp edge. Empower the stone in a pink candle with your knee for the love. Then, using the lapis lazuli, carve a heart onto the candle. Place the stone near the candle holder and burn the candle while visualizing the love coming into your life. Lapis lazuli is considered a potent fidelity charm, and so is one to strengthen the bonds that have grown between lovers. Perhaps it's, its most common use today is to strengthen psychic awareness. Lapis breaks the hold of the conscious mind on the subconscious psychic mind and allows intuitive impulses to become known. Wearing a necklace of lapis beads or holding a piece in your hand enhances your awareness of these often difficult-to-perceive impulses. To generally increase your psychic awareness, i.e. your ability to tap into this information, wear a lapis every day, or use it only when scrying, gazing, consulting the stone tarot, or otherwise utilizing symbols that speak to the psychic mind. Remember, such divinatory acts and the rituals associated with them are usually tricks. They're designed to relax the conscious mind. Lapis lazuli is also a protective stone, especially for children. In contemporary India, lapis lazuli beads are strung on gold wire. The resulting necklace is worn by children to ensure health, growth, growth and protection. It was once placed around children's necks to drive away frights and disturbing fantasies. This courage-inducing influence is also utilized by adults and perhaps due to lapis lazuli's psychic and protective properties. Despite its somewhat high price, lapis lazuli is one stone every magician should only utilize. I actually just bought a lapis lazuli bracelet from my local metaphysical shop, Next Millennium. And as I was reading that, it got itchy and kind of snagged my hair a little bit. My, like, arm hair, because I'm a mammal and I have hair. And, which I find really interesting. I can literally feel the energy coming off of it. It's pretty great. I also got one that has amethyst and moonstone. With, I got the moonstone because of Hecate and amethyst because it's one of my favorite stress-relieving stones. <coughs> Excuse me. I also wear a lapidolite necklace and a hematite ring daily. I love all the anti-stress and protectiveness I carry around with me. <coughs> Excuse me. I also think I'm coming down with something. I hope it's not contagious, and I hope it doesn't ruin my plans to go to a mead tasting this week. It's gonna... I better be feeling better on Saturday. That's all I'm going to say. So the herb of the week is blackberry. His folk names are Bly, Bramble, Bramble Kite, Cloudberry, Brumble, Bumble Kite, Dewberry, Goutberry, High Blackberry, Thimbleberry. His planet is Venus. His element is water. His deity is Bridget. As far as healing, money, and protection. Ritual uses. Blackberry was considered to be sacred to some of the old pagan deities of Europe and was used in worship. For the present day, blackberry pies are baked on Lunasa, August 2nd, by some of the Wiccans in commemoration of the harvest, seen poetically as the death of the god. Magical uses. A bramble bush, bush that forms a natural arch is a great aid to magical healing. 
On a sunny day, crawl through the arch backward and then forward three times, going as nearly east to west as possible. This will cause boils, rheumatism, whooping cough, and even blackheads to disappear. The blackberry leaves are used in spells of wealth as are the berries themselves, and the vines are protective if grown. The blackberry plant is also used to heal scalds by dipping nine blackberry leaves in spring water and then laying them against a wound gently. We'll say in the following chant three times to each leaf, which is 27 times in all. Three ladies came from the east, one with fire and two with frost. Out with fire, in with frost. This is an old invocation to Bridget, the ancient Celtic goddess of poetry, healing, and smithcraft. Now, I wasn't going to read that 27 times. I feel like that would be unnecessary. But remember, Bridget is the goddess of Imbolc. So it's interesting that she's associated with blackberries as well. So in these these informations, these informations, this information came from Scott Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Crystal Gem and Mental Magic and Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs, respectively. Now I'm also super excited because I got a new tarot deck yesterday. Um, the Thoth Tarot. I've been reading a little bit about Kabbalah and the Thoth and Alistair Crowley recently. I thought I'd do the weekly tarot card from the Thoth tarot card set thing. I got it for $4, too. It was kind of a steal. So, the fourth major arcana is the Empress. Oh, and this is a book that came with my tarot card deck. It's by Evelyn Berger and Johan Fiebig. Big as well as derived from Alistair Crowley. This is a this is the card this is the Empress. This is the fourth major arcana card. This is a card of Venus, the goddess of love and beauty. The proverbial irresistible 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 that's word irresistible ability Irresistibility. There, I got it. I know I know how to read people. Venus comes from her naturalness and her emotionality, in which she expresses herself in emotion by which an inseparable unit forms between the interior and exterior. To live this femininity is not just a theme for women, but also for men. Come to grips with your experiences and notions of femininity. Be a good friend, wife, daughter, or mother to yourself and, and to others. Like everyone else, you embody a certain truth that distinguishes and crowns you. Spare yourself any artificial profiling. Make your emotions fertile, represent and embody your personal nature. This occurs for people and the goals that you love. Do not be determined by external obligations. Carry them out, but take care of your responsibility and your well-being. Let your creative energy run free. It is a question of the enjoyment of life and everyday eroticism. The point is that you are close to yourself, that you do not deceive yourself and accept experience and live your life with love and passion. Love. If you are love and are, if you love and are loved, your nature will blossom where sense and senses get your chance. 
Love grows and with it the beauty of existence. Support your loved ones. Make yourself comfortable. Happiness. It looks like these are three different readings. I literally just opened this book to it. Like this. What I just read was for a love reading. This one's for a happiness reading. Fight for your happiness without bitterness and without indifference. Speak to your fellow humans with respect. You will make a real difference and reap rich rewards. This is for a success reading. The key to success, authenticity and comfort. Let it flow to you. It's interesting because I didn't, well, I, I wanted to pick water. But it wasn't necessarily impending on Venus popping up so much. Though it makes a lot of sense. She is a feminine, quote unquote, type of goddess. She's associated with beauty. And all the stereotypical traits of femininity. Love, especially. Love, Venus. And she also rules Taurus. And, and Camp Gaia, which is near Kansas City. They have a really cool Venus mound. Which goes back to the womb concept of the chalice. So now you know a little bit what the chalice is used for. Some herbs and a stone. As well as some knowledge about the Empress card. I want to recommend everyone to add me. Well, you can add me on Facebook. You will follow my page. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at, at Witch. Support my Patreon. And. Oh, which one am I leaving? Oh, yeah. Send your witchy stories and anecdotes to cornfedwitch at gmail.com. This is Sarah. This has been Cornfed Witch. I hope you have a blessed week. Merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again.